This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets. And you are here. We are here. We have come to the last regular episode of Sorta Awesome. If this is your if this is your first time listening, wow, what an episode to come in on. We are all gathered here for this historic moment as we bring Sorta Awesome to a close. I am so, so happy to be joined today by uh, the whole team reunion style. I've got my dear friend, longtime co-host Kelly Gordon here. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Meg. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Rebecca is here with us. Hi, Rebecca Hoffer. How are you? Hello, hello. Doing good. And we are so happy and honored and just overjoyed to be joined today by Sorta Awesome alum and OG co-host and my longtime dear friend, Laura Tremaine. Hi, Laura. I am so emotional. (laughs) Stop. You cannot start this right now. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. You guys, I, I I am so emotional about this. I actually wrote up notes verbatim, which I haven't done in a very long time because I'm like, I know by the end, I'm going to start crying right now. I know by the end, I'm not going to be able to get through it. So um, today, though, Laura is joining us. We are going to share some conversation, the four of us together. Um, you know, we've already shared with you our best of Kelly and Best of Rebecca episodes. If you haven't listened to those, you guys, please go and listen because I got to sort of interview them and and make them talk about their reflections back on their time. It's sort of awesome. And I guess I need to do that too, even though I'd rather just hide and just quietly back away. Your Irish goodbye for the podcast. Irish goodbye. (laughs) But we won't do that. So Laura is joining us. She's going to ask some questions. We we just have all kinds of conversation with with the whole Sorta Awesome squad today as we bring you your very last episode of Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. And yes, we are at our concluding episode today, but please, 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 I mean, we've been saying it for weeks. Please make sure, if you haven't already, 
come over and join us in a social media community that is the Sort of Awesome Hangout. Uh, on Facebook, we would love to have you on Facebook. The Sort of Awesome Hangout is going to be living on indefinitely after Sort of Awesome, the podcast closes. So please come and join us there if you haven't already. We would love to have you. Or come find us on Instagram at Sort of Awesome Show. We are still adding all kinds of awesome to your social media feed over there. We would love to have you join us there so you can stay connected with all of the awesomes. So we're going to get right into it because we have so much ground to cover today in our last conversation. So we're going to start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. Awesome of the week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little more awesome, whether it's a book or a TV show, movie, a podcast, a product, a recipe, whatever's bringing the gold sparkle to our days. We did not want to leave you guys bereft without one final awesome of the week. In fact, Laura, it has been a minute since you've regularly been sharing awesome of the week in this context, although you're always sharing all kinds of awesomeness on your podcast and on your social media. But what did you bring for awesome of the week? this week. Okay, well, first of all, I know we're not supposed to be emotional this early in the episode, but I'm sorry I am, and I am so honored that y'all asked me to come be on this final episode because since this show like started, I think we can all attest and have all shared in the last couple of months like how much it has changed our lives. And so even though I haven't been a regular on the show for years, I just feel like this reunion is so like special and yes. amazing. So I do feel really honored that I get to be here with y'all. And is this a bad time to mention that we still to this day have an OG sort of awesome uh, text thread oh, yeah. that where maybe, <laughs> maybe we still communicate about uh, podcasts and internet things after all this time. Yes. And every single time it comes up in my text thread, which is, I don't know, kind of often. Yeah. I love seeing y'all's Aww. names on my screen every single time, always. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, but awesome of the week. Okay, okay. I brought something that I feel like the awesomes need to know about if they don't already. And it is a reading tracker app that is an alternative to something like Goodreads. If you use Goodreads to track your reading or to have like a social media aspect to see what other people are reading, I have something I think is truly better. Yes. <laughs> because Goodreads has driven me crazy for years. I feel like the functionality is clunky. It feels a little bit spammy. I constantly feel like it just glitches and like removes the dates from books I've read or whatever. I'll be searching for something and I'll be like, I know that I put this here and it's right. not. I just have had a lot of frustrations with Goodreads for years. So this year, for all of 2023, I've been using an app called Storygraph. Okay, yeah. Now, a few things for like readers who really care about tracking their reading. There is a social media component to Storygraph in the same way that like you can follow people and see what they're rating and they can follow you. And so that's fine if that part matters to you. That doesn't matter to me for this. Like I wanted to keep track of my own reading and like put everything that I read in there. And what's amazing about Storygraph, like why it sort of sets it apart, especially if you're not going to use it for the social aspect, but you just want it as a reading tracker, is true to its name, it creates all these little graphs Fun. of your reading. Yeah. Yes. 
So it does all of these, like several different ways. It's like data points, truly, like how much fiction you've read versus nonfiction, how many audiobooks, yeah. you know, versus Kindle versus hardcover. You know, it can sort by like uh, different types of authors if you're trying to like, I don't know, pay a lot of attention to the types of authors you're reading. All of this sort of different information, it breaks it down for you, puts it in very pretty graphs all, all the time. Like you don't have to like export some big data point. It's always available to you. So like if you're, you know, three months into your reading year and you're like, oh, I realize I've read like only nonfiction. I really should pick up some novels or by genre or whatever. You can sort of see that and it's doing it all for you. And it's pretty, it's very functional. I just found it to be so much more useful than Goodreads, which I had been using. And then also just, I have a note on my phone I use Evernote to keep notes on my phone. And I do keep just my own list of everything I'm reading. But Storygraph is like so much more robust than that. And for me, I just, it, it if you have reading goals, again, like number of books or types of authors or whatever, it's the best for all of that data. Even if you don't have goals, even if you just want to be sort of, you know, interested. Yeah. I did it for the whole year, and here we are at the end of the year as we're discussing this, and I I love it. I still do use Goodreads. I still keep a note on my phone, but Storygraph is like a fun way to track your reading. That sounds fantastic. I think I actually have put this on my phone and then promptly not ever really gotten into it and used it, but as somebody who gets served a lot of book talk content on TikTok, I know a lot, a lot of people have made that big jump from Goodreads over to Storygraph because they just, everybody raves about how much better it is. So I'm so, yeah, it's so I'm much so better to hear it made your year in terms of like tracking your reading. I love it. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kelly, what do you have for your awesome of the week this week? Okay. So I've got to go with the true essence of Kelly for the awesome of the week here, which is that I'm bringing food. And I'm bringing more than one because I don't believe in limitations and options are always better. So, but they're kind of like one is a cookie, which I guess is a little against type. Oh my goodness. I I was just making Christmas (laughs) cookies with my kids this week and I had Kelly's voice from years ago saying she doesn't like Christmas. Christmas is about the cookies. It's about the cookies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but then Laura okay. if you do not know this episode then Laura chimed in and was like and Jesus in perfect comedic timing and I being a very sincere and devout Christian at the time like fell off yes. of my chair because yes. I literally was at that moment oh, yes. in my head also truly Jesus. so about the cookies also yes. Jesus and the funny thing again if you are not caught up in all of the lore of sort of awesome is that I am not a cookie person I am a pie person. I'm a donut person. Like cookies are way down on my list. However, what I am bringing you right now could be, in fact, I found this last year as, you know, Christmas cookie recipes come out. So this is like a holiday cookie, but I also think it could be great in January because it is an almond bar. So think lemon bar, only the filling is like a custardy almond flavor, which I feel Yum. like is, I love almond flavor, good. like almond extract, you know, yes, mm. my favorite. And it's, this is a very pale bar. So I feel like it kind of reminds me of like winter. It's snowish um, because yeah. it has just like a lemon bar. It has like that cookie sort of crust 
that's just, you know, butter and powdered sugar and flour and you bake that. And then you make an almond filling, which is basically just cream cheese and egg and sugar and almond extract. You bake that. And then you make a thin layer of icing on top and then you cut it up and you've got bars. So, which I feel like also in the Minnesota, I need to say bars, like you got the bars. Mm-hmm. I was hoping you so, would do that. I, <laughs> yes. I yes. can't really say bars without my kids looking at me expectantly, like wanting me to turn into <laughs> Judy from the Lutheran church voice. It's really hard not to do. Um, But these are so good. And I felt like they were so different. I had never Mm. heard of anything like this when I saw it last year. I actually found it on one of my favorite food blogs, Chew Out Loud. Um, She got this recipe from a local. In fact, she's like an in real life friend. We went to Mops together um, back in the day. And she got this recipe from somebody who won it, won a local baking contest with this cookie. And so she's like, she agreed to let me share it here on my blog so that I could get, you know, more of the word out. So we'll share that. And again, if it's still Christmas cookie season and you feel like baking, make these for the holidays, put them on a tray, especially if you're going to some sort of an exchange or just friends and family. I think it's so fun to have something. I mean, I do love chocolate. I love a chocolate peppermint. Like, But this is just a different sort of a flavor profile. It's pretty. You could put a couple of like, you know, sprinkles on top if you want to make it a little less white or, you know, like I've even seen some people put in like little sugared cranberries or something like that just to make it look pretty. Um, or make it in January, February. I, I feel like I need to put the disclaimer that you can't make this in the summer. This is not a summer cookie. Okay. It's, I just, it's wrong. Like make lemon bars in the summer. You can't make, you can't make almond bars in the summer. So Absolutely if you're listening to this agree. in June, I just, I have rules and you have to follow them. This is the last episode. You have to do whatever yes. we say. Yes, that's right. You laid down the law for us. That that's sounds right. incredible. I also They're, love almond stuff. So, so good if you love almond stuff. And then yeah. the, my other recipe that I wanted to share is I feel like just so emblematic of our community. I actually got this in the sort of tasty group on um, Facebook, which is a spinoff yes. of the sort of awesome yeah. hangout. And it was, we sometimes in there will do threads where everybody's like, I'm uninspired. What are you making for dinner this week? Yeah. And Jill, awesome Jill shared this a couple months ago. And this is the easiest recipe that has become one of my new standards. It is simply, she said, I just simply go to Target and buy a jar of their birria sauce. You know, like for Mm. the tacos, the Mexican sauce, it's a little spicy. She said, I literally just pour it over like stew meat in my slow cooker and it's dinner. Like you cook it, that's it. And it's got good flavor. She said she serves it over ramen noodles. So you kind of have like this, like, so that's something a little different. Although like you could, you could eat it plain. You could put it on rice. You could put it on regular noodles, you know, whatever you want to do. But just all you need is a jar of sauce yeah. and meat and a slow cooker. Or I mean, you could do it in your Instapot. I don't have one, so I don't know. I can't give you those directions. It's so easy and my family loves it. Um, so just like keeping, these are one of those things that you could keep in your, you know, pantry, in your freezer for one night when you're just like, I don't know what to do. Obviously, yes. you have to have the meat thawed, but it's like so quick and easy and it's so good. So I have been recommending this to people because it is so easy. And yeah. in these times when life can feel harried, like right now when we're at the holidays, get yourself some, am I saying it right? Birria sauce. This is how I've heard it said, but it's like the sauce right. that you yeah. can get the tacos that are like double cooked on the grill. Then you dip them into this like really savory I feel like it's like a little bit of mole, but it's mostly just spicy sort of sauce. Mm. 
Mexican origin. So yeah, those are my two, my two recipes. We'll share, um, I'll share a link to the almond bars. There's no recipe for the birria sauce. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just, I'll just write it up. It'll be in the show notes. So if you need to come back to it and remind yourself what you need. Classic Kelly bringing us some delicious and definitely seasonal recipes. Both of those sound fantastic. So thank you for that. Rebecca, how about you? Well, my awesome of the week was actually recommended to me by a superstar, Frances. So I need to give her credit. Thank you so much, Frances. And it is Allie Hazelwood's novella series. Allie's the author of The Love Hypothesis and Love on the Brain, and all of her novels feature women in STEM, and her novellas are no different. So she has a trio that she calls her STEMinist novellas, and they all feature (laughs) engineers. Okay. I absolutely love these. I'll give you just a real quick rundown of the three. It's a three-part series. So Under One Roof is probably my favorite of all three. That one's forced proximity because they're roommates. Uh, It's a enemies to lovers, but quickly turns into a friends to lovers. It was so, so good. Stuck with you is an enemies to lovers because they're workplace rivals and they find themselves stuck in an elevator. In Below Zero, we have the heroine is stuck in an Arctic storm and is rescued by her longtime nemesis. These were such a delight. So I listened to each of these novellas on audio. They were so good. Each one is only three or four hours, and like I couldn't put them down. So I listened to them sped up faster than normal speed, okay. but I finished each one the same day that I started it. Just could not stop once I started. Yeah, And I think one of the best things about these novellas is that there was no third act breakup that happens in like 98% of romance novels. For sure, so yes. All of the angst and conflict comes in the buildup. But then once they're together, they aren't ripped apart to just find their way back to each other again. So they're fun and they're satisfying. They're also open door. And if that isn't your jam, I don't know that I would recommend them. I think normally I would say that an open door romance can still be skimmable. But because these are so short, I think you might lose too much of their connection at the end if you were to just skip past that part. So I don't know if I would recommend it. Um, but again, they were they were like bubble gum. They were like just what you Love want. It. They were just like sweet and fun and like spicy. Maybe that doesn't describe bubble gum. <laughs> but they were just like <laughs> well, big red, big red is spicy. <laughs> sure, it was gum. just like big red bubble gum. <laughs> they were exactly. What Wait you a wanted. second. Okay, I always get confused between open door and closed door. <laughs> Is open door when it describes the spiciness and closed door when it doesn't? So it's open door because you're in the bedroom with them or closed Mm -hmm. door because you don't Mm -hmm. go in with them. Yes. Okay. It's so confusing to me because you could kind of think about it the other way of like open door is like safe for all and closed door is like things are happening. It's from the perspective of the reader. Is is the bedroom door literally open to the reader to yes. observe? Yes. Or is it closed? Therefore, more of a fade to okay. black scenario. Yeah. That's I, a good clarifying question. Yeah, that is. Rebecca, I love this so much because, as you know, as many readers know, Allie Hazelwood famously came from, started her writing in fan fiction in the Star Wars 
um, ship relationship of uh, Ray and Kylo Ren. I'm not a Star Wars person. I hope I said those character names the correct way. <laughs> you did. That's where she started her writing from. And so as I'm hearing you talk about these novellas, to me, it sounds like these are probably her fan fiction pieces that she had written and pulled, you know, when she became a famous contemporary romance author. Um, because this is exactly what my favorite fanfics are. Just like little bubblegum pieces of fluff that are so fun. So, But you're calling it bubblegum, but also it's open door. Bubblegum in the sense that, if I may speak, Rebecca, Rebecca, you could correct me. Bubblegum in the sense that it's just like there's no, there's maybe like some angst in terms of them. Maybe the characters are pining for each other. There will they or won't they? But there's no like tragedy. There's no um, dark. There's no grit. No dark, Grit. no drama, no no heartbreak. Um, it's just it's just that like little bundle of sweetness that you want. And they're short. I don't know. I just feel like bubblegum's the best way to describe them. Or they're like a bag of potato chips, you know? Like once you start, you just can't stop and they're so satisfying. <laughs> I don't know. I whatever food analogy you want to pair with these novellas, go for it. I'm just saying they are pretty awesome and I absolutely love them. <laughs> this is so fantastic. Can I tell the funny story? I know I said this to Megan, Rebecca, you guys already, but my daughter went on a choir trip. This is, she's 15. Oh. She'll be 16 in a few weeks. She went oh, on a choir yes. trip a few weeks ago and was coming back through the Orlando airport. And she texted me in all caps. And she texts me all the time in all caps. All of these messages are in all caps. She picked up a open door romance book in the airport store because it's Wildfire by Hannah Grace, which some people will know because she is also very, very open door is what I'm assuming. And so my daughter was like, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I found a really cute book and I read part of the back and I was like, oh, it's a cute romance story. And then I flipped through the pages to see the author's writing style to see if I would like it. And I regret my decisions. It was so messed <laughs> up. OMG. It was so dirty. I'm traumatized. I don't want to read about people having sex. Multiple cry emojis. Oh and I'm gosh. like dying because I'm like, that's called an open door romance. And all these things I've learned from Rebecca came full circle and I can help my daughter process her trauma. She's like, why wouldn't they have a warning label? And I'm like, that because is... it's a it's an airport and people can read what they want. They're not thinking about 15 year olds. Okay, that is Exactly right. They're not thinking about 15-year-olds because a few minutes ago when Rebecca was describing the differences between open door and closed door, I was like, why would anybody want to read closed door? <laughs> like, aren't you reading this to like, aren't we just all dog-earing the spicy parts? No, right? But then I was not thinking about children in the airport. So oh, maybe made me laugh. that is the difference. And also, bless her heart, she's gotten over the trauma. But I texted Meg and Rebecca and I was like, just so you know, like this is this is like the growing up. <laughs> yes. She had no idea. And I've learned so much from Rebecca, all the terms. She was fooled by that innocent cover. Yes. Oh, that's the thing with the covers these days. Yeah. There's no more bodice rippers. No, it looks like just like a cute love story. You don't know yes. the mm -hmm. spiciness that's waiting for right. you in the pages. So, 
Oh my goodness. I feel like somehow, amazingly, my Awesome of the Week kind of brings together all of these threads. Rebecca and Laura were talking about books and reading. Kelly was talking about food. I have a book about food. <laughs> well done, Nick. Amazing. For my Awesome of the Week. Not, not a. I was wondering how you were going to pull together reading data, almond bars, and spiciness. Like I was like, hmm, how are these going to converge? Oh my goodness! This not a bit of that was pre-planned, but I am so happy right now. The um, the kismet of it all. Okay. My awesome of the week this week, my last one is a book by Will Gadara called Unreasonable Hospitality. And I actually got this book over the summer and I've just been reading it chapter by chapter. So it kind of is, it's my awesome of the week because I'm near the end of it now. Um, but it's been an awesome for the large part of this year. So I came across this book because I saw the character Richie in The Bear, my favorite episode of The Bear, Forks, reading this book. And he's, Kelly and Rebecca are sick to death, Laura, of me talking about this show and particularly this episode. But he has this really transformative experience and, you know, sort of behind the scenes at this world-class restaurant in Chicago. And he just, it doesn't even mention the book, but it shows like a flash of him reading it. And it has this very distinctive yellow cover. So I like paused the screen so I could see, what are you reading? So I went and found the book. And again, it's called Unreasonable Hospitality. Will Gadara is a restaurateur, um, but he wrote this book because he early on in his career of running a restaurant, a restaurant that went on to become like the world's best restaurant. Um, he wanted to make this, his restaurant really distinctive. And he does not come from like a culinary, like chef background. And so he wasn't thinking in terms of like, how can I innovate in terms of the cuisine that we're serving? His mind went to the guest experience. And he says something in the opening chapter of this book, Unreasonable Hospitality, that I think just sums up the whole book. He says, fads fade and cycle but the human desire to be taken care of never goes away. And so that was like his sort of inspiration point for creating this incredibly unreasonable experience of hospitality in his restaurant. And you see that played out in that, that episode of the bear. But the thing about this book, you guys, is it can apply to anything. There are people who are in real estate who have read this book. There are people that are like in marketing. There are people in every industry who have read this book and come away like, oh my gosh, this is a life changer. Right now um, on Goodreads, <laughs> for better or worse, <laughs> um, it has like a 4.8 <laughs> star rating. People like or just like reading this book and just come away from it with so many ideas about how we all can go out of our way to create experiences for people that are lasting, that are meaningful. It really is in its essence about seeing people anticipating needs and helping somebody to recognize their own value and worth by treating them as if they are worthy and as if they are valuable and creating those experiences. So it's such a great book. I recommend it for everybody, even if you have absolutely no interest in going into 
being, you know, a restaurateur, anything like that. But there's just, there's so many remarkable things. He tells so many incredible stories about what this actually looks like. Like that's all fine and good to talk about, but what does it look like? So I actually got it in print first this summer when I bought it. It was only available in print. And I'm glad I did because I've absolutely highlighted and marked up the book. But it is also now available on audio. So if you're like me and do a lot of your reading on audio, you can listen to it there. And it's read by Will Guadar himself. So it's really good. Unreasonable hospitality. I recommend it for everybody. Well, thank you, Awesomes, for joining us for our last round of Awesomes of the Week. Of course, we want to hear what's awesome in your life. So come and find us in one of our social media communities. Again, the Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook or at Sorta Awesome Show over on Instagram. We have so much to share with you, so much great conversation ahead today. And we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. Okay, friends, the other day I was looking for an idea for a newsletter, and I knew I had put it in my notion somewhere, but the only thing I could remember about it was that it involved the word newsletter. I was able to use Notion's new feature Q&A and AI assistant to look up exactly where I had left that note for myself. I have been using and loving Notion for almost two years now, and I truly cannot remember what I did without it. Notion combines your notes, your docs, your projects all together in one beautiful space. And navigating that space is easier than ever now, thanks to Q&A. And that means that Notion AI can now give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, projects, docs, and meeting notes. That means it's perfect for your personal use or for your Notion workspace for your team at work. If you have an urgent question that you would normally ask your supervisor or maybe even a coworker to answer, now you can just ask Q&A instead. It'll search through thousands of your documents in seconds and answer your question in clear language, no matter how large or complex your workspace is. When you use Notion AI, it's even easier to do your most meaningful work. So friends, try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash sorta. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash sorta to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting our show. Again, that's notion.com slash sorta. Okay, we are back and we are celebrating all things sort of awesome with our final episode today. And Laura is here with us with Kelly and Rebecca and myself. And Laura, you know, and, and awesome, if you've been listening along, you know that in each of the best of episodes for Kelly and Rebecca, they got to share like a, a replay of their very favorite episode. But also, I asked them some questions about um, just, you know, what has transpired in their lives in the past eight years. Laura, you are such a great interviewer and somebody who knows me so very well for, you know, decades upon decades of friendship. I thought it would be um, meaningful if you would come and join us uh, and ask me some of these questions. Also, I want to point out, if you guys have not already gone and listened to this on Laura's podcast, 10 Things to Tell You, she was kind enough to invite me to come and talk about um, following your intuition and making big changes in life and how to end something even when the something is good and it's something that you love. And so over on 10 Things to Tell You, episode 194, there's an episode called On Endings and Intuition with Meg Teets. 
And it's, it's, gosh, it's over an hour of us talking about a lot of these things. So, (laughs) but Laura, I'm very greedy and selfish. And I wanted you to come to Sort of Awesome and ask me some of the questions that I made Kelly and Rebecca answer. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're the opposite of greedy (laughs) and selfish. In basically every way, I would I would not put either of those words attached to you in any way. But also, I'm glad that you wanted to do this piece because, of course, over all these years of sort of awesome, your wisdom has like leaked out and your you know, thoughtfulness. But it does feel like a lot of times you are often turning, you know, the light towards other people. You are featuring other people. You are highlighting other people. And I want to hear on so many topics, but especially on this one from you, like your deep thoughts here. And you've always been so generous with sort of giving the microphone to other people to let them share your wisdom. But really, Meg, we're here for you <laughs> and we love your thoughts on all these things. So it's it's good, I think, for you to sort of talk through yeah. some of these and feel like you're the one in it's the hot seat. definitely feeling very hot right For a now. minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's just sort of jump right in because, you know, you have a few questions that – that you want to address. And it has been like a glorious and amazing eight years of creating a show weekly. Y'all, that is so many (laughs) minutes of talking and producing and thinking and all the things. It's not just press record on a mic and go. It is, there's so much that goes into making eight years (laughs) of audio content. Like it's sort of, I can't even wrap my brain around it. So how do you feel like you have grown and changed in the last eight years of creating Sort of Awesome? Um, I It is a lot. And I think if I would have known at the time that it is a lot more than pushing record, <laughs> I'd never have done it. So <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert, if you were thinking of starting a podcast. <laughs> um when I think back to early 2015, Meg, and what my life looked like then, just if if you don't know the whole context of how, you know, my life has changed in the past eight years. I had four children, and at the time, my youngest two um, were, are twins. They're 10 now. They were two-year-old twins. And I feel like at that time, I've, I've addressed this before, but I really can't emphasize enough that I was genuinely having an identity crisis. Um Having twins was physically so difficult. And then emotionally, mentally, having infant twins and early toddlers, I was really unprepared for how hard that was. And I do say this all the time to give them credit. They are now my easiest children. I adore all of my kids. Their twins are so easy now. But those early days were so hard. And I found that... This whole identity that I had built for myself online and my work online of, you know, all of these natural family parenting practices that were so important to me, I I couldn't, I physically and mentally and emotionally could not do those things anymore. So I was having this identity crisis. I was struggling with postpartum depression. I just didn't know how to be a person because I was no longer the person that I identified with for so long. So sort of awesome over the past eight years has given me such a sense of purpose. And it is a lot to consistently create an hour, hour plus most of the time, if we're being honest, a podcast every single week for eight years. 
but it gave me like a thing to grab onto. It really anchored me in a lot of ways. And so as I think back on myself, I think that I have definitely grown and actually found a lot of healing along the way. I had another child along the way. And just also, by the time Nico came along in 2019, I was like, I mean, I can totally do this. I'll have a baby and like, we'll just keep the show going. It never occurred to me to do anything else. And I think at that time is when I really was like, okay, I really actually know what I'm doing. And I think that it has allowed me to have an outlet for creativity and in a very real way, I have felt along the way, the sort of um, responsibility and trust that's been placed in me to serve this community, to create for this community. And that's been a good thing. Sometimes carrying responsibility can feel like a burden or feel like it's unwanted expectations or something like that. But truly it has given me such a a sense of purpose that I do think that allowed me to kind of heal from that identity crisis to now, as I'm looking ahead, I feel like I'm truly able to say I can bring this to a close from a place of completeness Um, So it's more about like, instead of an identity crisis where I started now, I feel like I'm embracing a change in identity, but it doesn't feel like a crisis now. It feels like, okay, I've come to a place of being complete and now I'm ready for the next thing. Well, I think any of us that have not only been on the journey with you, but even just observing it, we have seen your change. I mean, when the show started, you were... Megan, yes. you went by <laughs> a literal different name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, you were sort of in a place of like, let's just try this fun thing. Let's start a podcast. Like it was sort of like spontaneous and creative. And then to sort of watch that become such like you leaning into your gifts so hard and becoming such a professional because you will not toot your own horn. So I will, but in those early days, you did every single part of it. You edited it. You, uh, you know, creatively produced every single episode with, with the co-hosts, whoever was the co-host that week, but you were really doing everything. You hustled your own ads at the beginning. You did all the social media. (laughs) I mean, really like you like built it from the ground up and uh, you know you can see over the years that you came from this place of like let's try something fun to like you're one of the best people on mic I've ever recorded with like you're such a professional and that's amazing to have watched that trajectory thank you thank you for saying that I do I've I said it when we, we had our conversation on your show and I've said it a lot being on microphone is so natural to me I I love it and I I can't imagine not doing it. I do have to tell you this one funny little Nico moment over the weekend. He was doing something so silly and I just like, you know, I'm my mom. So I pick up my phone and start videoing him. And of course he's, a, he's gen alpha. So he's used to being, uh, you know, pictures and video of him all the time. So he was saying something funny. I can't remember what it was, but I turned it around for him to watch it. And he goes, I don't sound like that. That's weird. That's not how I sound. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I get to experience this very meta moment of like hearing yourself back, which is a difficult, I mean, I have spent so many hours listening to my own voice um, that I'm, I'm desensitized to it now. But all of that to say, I love being on microphone and this, this came into my life at exactly 
the time when I needed to find, to be reminded that there are things to love in the world and I can do them. And so, yeah. You are so natural at it. Like maybe the most natural person at speaking of anyone that I know because it's not, you you do have to get used to yourself. Like you said, your voice or whatever. In the early days, we were all sort of definitely figuring out our own verbal tics and like, (laughs) why do I say that all the time? Or for me, it was like, my accent is stronger (laughs) than I thought. But you have always been very natural at it. And I also like as a fellow creative, it's so inspiring to see somebody really lean into their strengths because a lot of time you can be like, oh, they're very good at this thing, but that's not their main thing. I mean, we're not always it's, you know, sometimes it's a luxury to be able to to pursue a creative passion. And so to see you like lean into that strength has been really amazing. Which brings us to another question that I'm very curious to hear because this is such a big such a big topic, but I want to hear what lessons, skills, beliefs, realizations, sort of the, the these big umbrella things will you take away from having created this show and made it for almost a decade. <laughs> The better part of a decade. Emphasis on the better, for sure. Um, Skills-wise, obviously, just like creating a podcast, I mean, I had no background in audiovisual. I mean, Rebecca over here has like an actual, like she has training in video and and doing behind the scenes sound stuff. I, um, I had none of that. And so... Obviously, the fact that I went from zero understanding and self-taught myself how to do the nuts and bolts of it, um, I, I feel like I learned a lot in that. I learned a lot about social media and social media marketing. I don't implement it. That part does not come naturally to me. It's not my favorite part. But I did learn a lot about it. And it kind of gives an interesting perspective when you which all of us I think can relate to know behind the scenes, like how the sausage is made in terms of like what goes into planning social media, the execution of it, all of that stuff. Um, So there's the, there's the very practical side. I think more than anything, I had some really profound realizations about community. And that is something that I think you would see if you uh, engage with, especially the sort of awesome hangout on Facebook, maybe not so much if you have been listening this whole time, but have never really been part of the community. But for me, I think I learned a lot. I think I thought I knew a lot about community when we started, but I have learned so much along the way. One of the biggest things is community is sort of equal parts what you allow and what you create, what you invite into a community. Equally important is what you don't allow and what you're really intentional about keeping out. And we say all the time, sort of some hangout is the easiest place on the internet to moderate. It also happens to be one of the best places on the internet. And I think that early on, we made some really strategic decisions as a team, as a moderation team. And it wasn't even so much because we thought people are just going to want to come in here and talk about the episodes and like (laughs) when they thought about what we were doing. (laughs) Yes, very naively. But we made some strategic decisions early on. For example, we've long had a policy of no venting. 
which I know can sound like that's pretty heavy, heavy handed moderation, you know, if you're just thinking about it. But I, I was thinking about this a lot in the lead up to talking about this. I think venting is something that is best and healthiest in the context of like a relationship, mm-hmm. like an already formed relationship. So even though we might all feel like we have this like sort of parasocial connection to each other, the awesomes as a, as a community, the truth is we don't actually have a relationship with the thousands of other women who are active in the hangout. Even though we've all gathered there for the same reason, we don't really know the whole picture of each other's lives. And so, Laura, if I want to vent to you about my husband, Kyle, well, there's a context there. Like I said, there's three decades of friendship. You've known Kyle since before we got married. You can hear my vent about him within the bigger picture of my life, his life, our marriage, our family, all of those things. And I think I've found through online discourse and online communities through the years that venting that's isolated from context, it really does not lead to anything good or helpful. And it kind of throws off the vibe for the entire community. And I'm not here to say that all venting needs to be helpful or conducive. Sometimes, though, it is inventing that inventing out your frustration, your anger, your big feelings about something that you actually do kind of hear that inner wisdom start to come out. <laughs> but again, I think that's why it's so good in the context of an already standing relationship. And so like in our community, we've asked that rather than venting about problems, because again, we're talking about thousands and thousands of women who are all in the trenches of their day-to-day life and talking about day-to-day things. So yeah, we're not saying that you can't post anything negative. We're just asking that you bring your problem to the community with an eye towards advice or an eye towards the solution. And again, it's that sort of like vibe check that I think has led to it being a place where it just doesn't feel like the energy gets dragged down into those less helpful conversations. So yeah, that's kind of like one of the big things. I just, I I really could talk a lot about what I've learned about community, but I think it's easy to look at the sort of awesome hangout, which does run so smoothly and be like, well, what's, you know, there's nothing negative here. Like what could even, you know, but that's all been really intentional from the start, which was a big surprise to me, but really worked out (laughs) in terms of creating our community. No, it's huge, the sort of awesome hangout, how strong and positive and useful, you know, it, it has been over all these years. I'm in a ton of Facebook groups, actually like Facebook groups, and I'm in Facebook groups that are huge. I'm in Facebook groups that are Facebook groups that are small. I'm in Facebook groups that are attached to podcasts like this one. And I cannot name one other place with 6,000 women in it that has remained so relatively drama-free and beautiful and meaningful for so long. And that comes yeah. from the top down. That really does come from you and the leadership there. And there have been times, of course, over eight years where you've had to remind mm-hmm. people to protect the yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But th- but it's always heated. People like hear you and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. This is what this space is." And and so that is amazing that you have done that. You have always been a community builder like just in life, but this is such a tangible has been such a tangible example of how good you are at it. And I think you're right making some of those early amazing decisions and also to the skill set that you just sort of briefly mentioned 
Again, I want to point out to people that when you started a podcast, the tech was really different than it is now. So now we are recording (laughs) on a platform that is made for podcasters and you can just basically like plug and go, press record. And it's very easy. There's so many things that are easy now. You can make little audiograms for social media. There's all of these apps and platforms that are catered towards podcasting as it has exploded. But when you started, I remember we recorded on (laughs) Skype and then you had to download this like extra extension-y thing to transfer our Skype recordings into something that could be edited. Like it was like a four-step weird complicated, Mm. clunky process. There wasn't nearly as many like YouTube tutorials. Like you figured all that out. I'm actually saying this because I think this is really important that you can look at someone and see that they're like a beautiful wisdom-filled community builder and not realize that they're actually freaking figuring out all of this (laughs) tech in the beginning when we were like, I don't know, how do you do this? How do you, (laughs) where do you, put it so people can listen to it. Like I don't, it's it was very complicated. And you did all of that like on your own and you were like here's how we're going to do this. Like the three of us we didn't do any of that tech stuff in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And yes, it is so much easier and it's so much easier to make such better sounding audio now. We just didn't have any, we didn't have access to anything different, especially as amateurs and with me as a self-taught producer. Um, So we just had to, what we had access to, we had to just make it work. And there was something really fun and scrappy about that in the beginning. I I love that. And I'm so thankful that we were part of that wave of podcasting that was just like, let's just try it. Like, what, what if we just do it? Well, you are generously using the word we, when basically what I remember is that I just showed up and started talking. I don't know. It was, you were definitely the pioneer. I mean, you were a pioneer. (laughs) People ask me for podcast starting advice, kind of on the regular. And I tell every (laughs) single person, I have no idea how to start a podcast. I didn't do any of it. I literally don't know anything about starting a podcast. So uh, I don't know. Good luck, Google. I don't know. (laughs) Good luck to you. This is why God gave us Google. May I direct you to (laughs) YouTube.com? Okay. So another big thing that I'm very anxious to hear your answer to this, because Kelly referenced earlier in the conversation, like sort of awesome lore, of which there is so many sort of like inside jokes and references Mm -hmm. that harken all the way back to literally that first year. In fact, when we... Y'all, when we were all less professional, maybe we were funnier. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Very likely, yes. (laughs) But there are there's so much like I just love that word lore, but there's also just like so many fundamental conversations, episodes, jokes, all of that that goes back. And I kind of want to hear from you it how it feels like as the the creator of all of this, what your highlight episodes are that really stand out. And this can be like ones where you were part of the conversation. This could be ones where we're really highlighting others. Yeah. I would just love to hear this from you. I loved and have all of our group shows when Laura was part of the team. And even after you left, I feel like there's something so fun and so like genuinely fulfilling 
in friendship to me when we all get on microphone because we are all so different. You may look at a, you know, a picture of us and be like, oh, just some middle-aged white ladies, but we are all so extremely different in some of our tastes and preferences and responses to things. I have never not been absolutely delighted by our group conversations, which is not to say, I mean, we all have independent of group shows, we've all cracked ourselves. <laughs> Laura, I still have that picture. I do not know what episode this came from. It was early on when you referenced us having horse listeners and we got so tickled. I thought of the same moment as you were talking, Meg, like when at the beginning we would crack ourselves up. Laura, I feel like was, there was like eight minutes. I don't think you could even put it all on the podcast of Laura not being able to gain control again. <laughs> Because she was so laughing. But wait, what she's referencing then is after that, I sent her a picture of a horse head because it was one of the funniest things. It's a person with a horse, a full horse mask on. You can't see the human head. It looks like a horse standing up at a fence looking at a horse in a pasture. So it looks like it could be like a horseless It could be a horse listener. And I don't even know where you found that. But to, people ask me about that every time they come to our home. Like, what? what's this? <laughs> then I start laughing all over again. Um, so all of that to say, there have been some true, like, I have laughed until my body was hurting because laughing so much. My face will hurt from smiling so much. We have had so much fun. We also have gone into some very deep places. And I I feel like that's one of my favorite things uh, about Sort of Awesome is that we are just as likely to be talking about like clawing our way out of postpartum depression as we are to be laughing over something that is completely insane. Um, you guys have mentioned so many of my favorites. Um, you know, Rebecca talking about, I think Rebecca talking about her miscarriage. Mm -hmm. I think that was a really huge episode for so many people. Um, Kelly, when you and I have talked about faith, Laura, certainly the anxiety episodes that we did. I feel like we have started conversations in so many ways and we've mentioned those. For me, this is, I do feel like I'm being selfish in this, but I will not apologize for it. My favorite thing I've done was sort of awesome was my Lebanon series in 2016. Mm. Um, that, <laughs> that series was so important to me personally, and it performed so poorly. <laughs> That's always how it is, though. We know that as creators online, you pour your heart and soul into something, and no one yes. cares. And then you, you flub something, and it goes viral. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. If you are a newer listener, if you weren't listening in 2016, in September of 2016, I got to go um, to Lebanon and report on the Syrian refugee crisis, which, you know, at the time, even though we were definitely doing more serious episodes, I can look back and understand now why it just like was not in our lane of what people hired sort of awesome to do. And I totally get that. Over time, I have been able to separate my feelings about how that series did you know, with the with the numbers, and just like really focus on the experience of it. For me, first of all, that was like at the peak of my travel anxiety. So just getting on a plane and going halfway around the globe was a huge personal milestone for me. Um, but like, 
I felt so empowered and to, to be able to tell stories like that, but then also so completely honored and humbled to listen to people's stories, to record them and to bring back this very real thing that was happening. That was a huge crisis and create something around it. I was able to take some huge creative risks with that, that are not the style of podcast that this is. I am so proud of that series. And again, probably, you know, speaking of Dolores, sort of awesome, it's not even one that comes to mind for people. But for me, like, just there's so much of me, my heart, just awe and wonder of being able to be part of something like that, that is in that series. And I'm really, really proud of it and really grateful for it. Yeah, there are episodes that you do, or in that case, a series that you do, not for the downloads, but for the audience, if you Mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. There are episodes that you do for the business of it all, yeah, um, or 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 to please, you know, longtime listeners, which you care about, of course. I mean, there are episodes that you do for all kinds of reasons, and then there are episodes every now and again or series that you do because it matters to you. Yeah, and yeah. you release the performance of it. Um, you know, you re- even release how it's received. Like you want this to be a thing that lives in the world, and that's how I felt about that series. Then yeah. I also remember because I guess in 2016 we were not even two years into the show yet, and mm-hmm. I remember that you had to bring out a whole different skill set. I mean, that's not how we recorded or edited or anything then. Right. That was like literally a whole different animal in terms of cre- you know creatively producing that series. And so I remember being like very impressed by how you put that all together and made it into a like narrative hour of. Yeah of story. Um, So yeah, I can see why that's a real standout for you personally and professionally. I'm glad it lives out there. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. I very much am. So, well, Laura, thank you for taking some time to ask questions and and (laughs) if you guys, especially (laughs) Kelly and Rebecca would not have pressed, I really probably would have been fine to just be like, no, it's okay. I'll just keep all of my little thoughts and reflections to myself. <laughs> Why are you like that? I don't know. It's a, it's a fair <laughs> question. It's my <laughs> we. I you have always always misjudged how much people want to hear from you. Am I allowed to say that publicly? I'm just saying it. I'm saying it as if we are on Boxer together. You have always misjudged how your wisdom is soaked in by others and people love it. People want to hear from you. And I understand why the time uh, has come to, to close well this particular project, but for whatever happens in the future, I hope that you carry with you how much people want to hear mm-hmm. from you and care about the way that you think about things. And and it's really matters in the world. It really affects people and their lives. So I hope that you I hope that you come away from this with an understanding of that. Thank you for saying that. That really means a lot. It really does. Um, okay, so we've kind of we've talked through um feelings and we have talked through reflections and definitely some fond memories. 
And I know that many of the awesomes are wondering like, okay, so what's next for all of you? So we're going to talk about future plans, if anybody even has any, when we come right back. All right, awesomes, the holidays are here, which is perfect timing for today's sponsor, OneSkin. With OneSkin's revolutionary approach to tackling skin aging at the source, you can wrap up 2023 with the gift of radiant and healthy skin for yourself or for your loved ones. Now, I have told you guys about many skincare products through the years, but the one I have been raving about all year long is OneSkin. And what sets it apart from all of my other products is that their products are powered by a groundbreaking peptide called OS1. OS1 is the first ingredient scientifically proven to prevent the accumulation of aged senescent cells. These are the primary culprit behind skin aging. And I am super loving that this year, OneSkin launched a mini bundle which includes their face and eye topical supplements. I love both of those and absolutely swear by them. Their body lotion and cleanser, it all comes in a cute little travel bag. So if you're traveling this winter, OneSkin has your little mini skincare essentials covered. But also, you guys, it's perfect for gifting this holiday season for someone you love or treat yourself. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. OneSkin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin feels and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. New customers get 15% off with code SORTA at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code SORTA. The new year is approaching and now is the best time to invest in your skin. Age healthy with OneSkin. Okay, we are back. And today we are celebrating Sort of Awesome as we share our conversation around our last episode with you guys. Now, Laura, you left the show, was it end of 2017? I feel like because 2017 kind of came to a close. Was that, I think that was when you stepped away from Sort of Awesome. Does that feel right? I mean, what is time even? It's a contract. It's not even real. Time's not real. But I feel like if we were to plot it on a calendar, that it was end of 2017 when you stepped away. You have gone on. I always say you're our sort of awesome alumna, but you, you've graduated. You've gone on. As a sort of recap, what have you been up to? And also just like, what do you have coming in the, the near future ahead that we need to know about? Well, I stepped away from sort of awesome because although I had really loved two years on a microphone, I felt like then that my like deepest burning desire was to write. And I really wanted to get back to writing. I had stopped writing almost the entirety of the time that I had been a co-host on Sort of Awesome and had closed my blog during that time and all these things. And then I was feeling like a call to get back to the written word. I thought at the time and maybe even said on the show at the time that I was going to start a new blog LOL. What? <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> but I, w- I was just trying to figure out a way to write yes. and that, you know. So yes. anyway, I I had a few stops and starts after I left. It didn't quite, wasn't quite as smooth or flowy as I was hoping. And I realized at the time, you and I had been making a, another show called Smartest mm-hmm. Person in the Room, yeah. an interview show that was you know, kind of heavier topics maybe than what we were 
doing it sort of awesome. And I had really loved having that balance. So after I had stepped away from sort of awesome, I realized that maybe the microphone was conducive to writing. And so I started a new show in 2019 called 10 Things to Tell You. And out of that show, I've written two books. So I did get there. <laughs> it just, yes. it was, I had to, I had to sort of find my way. So 10 Things to Tell You lives on. It's a weekly show that is built on connection and um, every single episode has a prompt that you're either supposed to take in conversation or take to your journal. It's just a, a connection show. And I've been doing that since 2019. Like I said, I've written two books and for 2024 or the foreseeable future, I hope to continue that same rhythm, podcasting, writing. I still do social media challenges on yes. Instagram mm-hmm. that is also built on connection. They all sort of they all sort of work together the work that I'm doing. And yeah, I still I'm still in it for the foreseeable future, I feel like. Would you say Instagram's sort of your favorite place for people to kind of find you, connect with you, keep up with what you're working on those types of things? For sure. Instagram, my handle there is at Laura.tremaine and I sort of post everything there. That's a real hub for me. Now, my personal, uh, um, not as a creator, but as a participant is Twitter X that I still call Twitter, but I don't want to spin off into that really. I'm just mentioning it. Okay. But like Instagram is a great place to just like keep track of what all you've got going on. Yes. You can find all of my challenges, my show, my books, everything is at laura.tremaine on Insta. Well, I know all of us, you know, you said it took a while to get there. And I almost like we've kind of we knew we were going to be talking about this. I kind of have felt a little hesitant because I'm like, well, what if what if I say something and then like in a year, I'm like, that's so dumb. Why did I say that? <laughs> you can survive it. We've all said dumb stuff on mic. And then we're like, why did I even say that? But I feel like this feels more important because it feels like ultimate episode, like the end. So you're like, well, this has got to be really good. This has got to count versus something that's like episode 382. And you're just like, whatever, you know, like this, feels. there's a lot of weight (laughs) to it. So I hear what you're saying, Meg. It feels like you have to have it all figured out. Well, I'm curious though, the three of you that have been making this show for all this time, it has taken up so much of your life, your creative space, your like interaction online, like just a huge part of your heart and your work. I'm so curious to see, you know, what you're thinking at this point, if you have made kind of plans for the future, what direction are you walking in as this show comes to a beautiful close? Rebecca, I want to hear what what your future looks like as of right now? <laughs> well, as of right now, I truly don't know. And I will say that at times that has felt uh, exciting as I kind of have open hands of optimistic, um, waiting for some op- opportunities to come. But I will also confess that like at the darkest moments, not knowing has felt very... Uh, suffocating at times. So mm. if if I've learned anything from my time on Sora Awesome, it is that being vulnerable is, is a strength, really. So yeah. in the spirit of vulnerability, I will confess to all of you that I felt like the week that we started making the announcements for Sora Awesome Closing, first to the superstar supporters, 
And then to the public um, on the regular Friday episode, that was a really hard week for me. And I think the reason that it felt so hard is because I really felt the weight of how amazing this has been. Mm, And unfortunately, (laughs) instead of that feeling like a celebration for me, it felt kind of uh, just heavy in a way of, I don't know if I'm going to have this again. Mm. Because this experience has just been absolutely incredible. And I think that at the end of our lives, we we all are going to look back and we're going to see highs and lows in our careers. And I really thought to myself a lot that week, what if I'm currently saying goodbye to one of my highs? Yeah. And um, I think that's possible. I really do think it's possible that this is going to truly be one of the best experiences of my life. And unfortunately, that week in particular, as we were getting um, so many notifications in of people like their shock, their sadness, their grief of it all, I, I wasn't really in a good place to receive those messages because mm. instead of it feeling like an honoring of what we have done, it felt like a confirmation of mm. this being like the best. And then, yeah. and then a cycle of negative talk truly started mm. happening in my head of, I can't do this again. Like, I can't replicate mm. this. And on so many levels, I can't. Like, the three of you have been phenomenal. Like, we, I, like this can't be rep- replicated. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's so natural for us. I say us, I mean, like, just women in general, humans in existence. I think it's so natural for us to kind of have moments where we are, weakened down a little bit where I I sometimes say to my my friends I don't have the emotional fortitude today to Mm. be optimistic about this or to conquer this or to take on this task where other days you know you might have more of that strength or you you feel more of that resilience within yourself and it's more of a you know pull yourself up I can conquer this type of confidence and this really truly has been a roller coaster experience for me of having those moments of I can do this. This is going to be great. New things are ahead. I can say goodbye to this and I can honor this for what it is. And I can still be excited about the future. But then mm-hmm. unfortunately, darker moments of I can't, I can't do this again. I'm not going to yeah. do this again. Um, so that has been truthfully, it's been a bit of a struggle uh, as I have navigated that up and down roller coaster. Um, but in the end, <laughs> like, I do think that there is more yet to come for me. I mean, I am 41. Like, I'm not dying tomorrow. <laughs> no. So, I mean, hopefully not. Knock on wood. Um, 
But it just depends on what day you hit me, really, truly. Yeah. <laughs> as far as yeah. how do I feel about that and like what are my plans for that? So I don't have any plans and I, I'm going to be okay. But it just really, just to be vulnerable, like I don't think I would represent who I am to the awesomes as they know me if I wasn't crying at this moment with vulnerability. Like it's just, it's what you expect. Yeah. And I, and, <laughs> I was having a conversation with Kelly uh, right before we recorded, and I told her that, you know, I was probably going to cry. And she made a comment, Kelly, you didn't even know that you said this probably, but you said, if you want to cry, I think that's okay. I, I would say I, crying is never a choice for me. It's never something that I'm like walking into a scenario like, okay, I want to cry. I'm going to now cry. It is something that I am assaulted with. <laughs> um, but this Not is choice. Me. This yeah. is me. <laughs> so today, despite the tears, I do say that I am in this period of um, just open hands waiting for the future. And I think that I'm going to need some time to process yeah. what life looks like after Sort of Awesome in this upcoming year um, to see where my energy is drawn to rather than feeling like I'm rushing into something. So, uh, of course I'll still be creating content for simply Rebecca on my website, in my newsletter and on social media. My favorite place is Instagram. Please follow me. Um, and in fact, I just completed a, com a, a redesign on my website. I haven't oh, nice. officially launched this into the world. This can be a little soft launch of a brand new okay. design for simplyrebecca.com. Uh, if you notice any any glitches, please let me know as I um, continue to work on this come January and bring this new fresh look to sort of awesome or to simply Rebecca <laughs> and to just uh, my life in general and just see uh, where my energy is drawn to as I can continue to serve um, my audience and myself. So thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable with that. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for trusting all of that to us as we're listening into the awesomes. It is, you know, like you're, you're definitely our feeler of feelers. So <laughs> like, I'm not even a little surprised, but I know, I know there are so many people who are listening to what you're saying and especially that roller coaster, it's it's the roller coaster of grief. When anything comes right. to an end, there are days when you're like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. It's yeah. good. This is growth. This is change. I can do this. And there are days when it's just like, no, this, I can't, I don't know how I'll go on. And that's grief. And I know there's so many awesomes who are listening who can relate to that in the context outside of, you know, what we're talking about specifically today. Yeah, I'm really glad that you gave voice to that, Rebecca, actually, because I have been in situations, and there, I'm sure there are awesomes listening who've been in similar situations where, you know, something is ending or changing and everyone's talking about how beautiful it is. <laughs> and you're like, what's beautiful about this? <laughs> this? This sucks. This is hard. I am feeling a lot of grief or whatever. And it's sometimes... I mean, it is very vulnerable and self-aware to not just go with the flow of yes, yes, beauty everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and instead be like, actually, I'm struggling, everybody. Hey, white flag over here. Um, and so I'm really glad that you gave voice to that, actually. I think that that's important part of closing something is what you're voicing and also that people are going to feel differently about it, you know, about about 
things ending. And um, I just love that you shared all that. Now, Kelly, you are of all of us, the one that has had like this other very professional and important job along the way, you know, being a producer for Minneapolis Public Radio. All this time, I've always admired that about you. It also brought like some gravitas, (laughs) I feel like, to uh, the show. And I am just curious what your life is going to look like post sort of awesome Fridays if you uh, have plans or or you know, sort of just like the bigger picture for you? First of all, I'm laughing at the word gravitas. It might be the only time it's ever been applied to me, Laura Tremaine. So I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> it's not like... Excuse me, no. That's not true. I mean, most people who know me, they're like, you know, she's fun. She's bright. She's these things. But like, what I'm not is like gravitas. <laughs> like, I used to imagine that I would be like this elegant older person. And not that there can't be some of that, but like, I'm like, as I'm getting older, I'm just like, that's, I'm not reserved. I'm not, you know, like stand back and quiet and contained. Like, that's just not who I am. So it's funny that like, I know what you're saying. Like my, my job brings like this professionalism and I do enjoy it. And as we talked in my episode, um, I wasn't doing, I wasn't working outside of the home when sort of awesome started. So it was a few years in that I got the job at public radio. Um, so I feel like this might be the most, the biggest bummer of a segment ever where we're like, what are you doing next? And we're all like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 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 Because it sounds like it's going to be hopeful and we have like all these exciting announcements. And instead I feel like we're kind of kicking things and we're like, I don't know guys. Um, I think that I, I'm kind of in the same spot and I, one of the things that I have come to realize, and this is not a brand new realization, but it's come to me in a fresh way as we've been thinking about, I mean, obviously processing the shutting down is sort of awesome. What could be next is that I really, truly, like you were saying, Meg, do love being on mic. And also in a way that I feel like Laura, you have said, and you kind of alluded to this and you said that you were going to go write a book and then you were like, oh, but like, I, I always before Sorta Awesome, I was a blogger, right? And that's a written format. And I had written before, you know, like I was good in English in college, all these things. So I was like, I'm a, I'm a writer. Like I didn't really want to write a book, but like this is a good way of communication for me. I didn't have a chance. There was no way, you know, like I had done acting at some point, like to use my voice to communicate. Podcasting is a unique medium to some degree. And so doing it, I was like, oh, this is so much more natural and so much easier than writing. Like, oh, writing now just sounds like painful where podcasting is a joy. Not that it's always easy, you know, like there's skill that goes into it, but this is just so much more natural to me, which I did not know before, sort of awesome. So I still want to do something where I'm able to share my full self with people in a way that is not writing, but I don't know what that is yeah. yet. Um, I, I obviously there's some things that I get to do at my job at, at NPR with that, um, and there's opportunities, and that's something we've been talking to management about. Like, okay, you know, I could do some of this other stuff. Um, I'm on the radio when I 
when we have member drives and we we beg for money and say, please, please help us. We'll give you socks um, and tote bags. <laughs> so I, I do get to be on radio for that. And it was kind of fun that when I first started doing that, people were like, well, you're really good at this. And I'm like, well, there's this whole podcast <laughs> like thing over here too. Um, but that was when I realized it was a skill and it was a joy. And so I want to do something, but I don't know what it is. The other thing, what I was going to say that I've realized in a fresh way is really, I am not an entrepreneur. Like the skill set that it takes to be somebody who's like, I want to do this. I'm just going to go do it. When I think of ideas, I'm like, I want someone else to do it with me. I, I want to be on a team that's doing it. I want to join in with other people who are already doing it. Um, so that's like, I've never wanted to start my own business. I've never wanted to go out on my own and do it. So when Meg, I mean, you know, like, again, we've all talked about how in 2015, Meg, you know, probably voxed us. I don't, I mean, we had Voxer, yeah, right? Maybe not. It was. Yes. Yes. It was. On and Voxer. you were like, Hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Do you want to be on it? We were like, sure. We don't know what we're doing. Um, it was, it was <laughs> like the sweet, innocent days, but it was easy to join it's harder to yeah. start your own thing, to like branch yeah, yeah. off on your own. And that's not really my personality, my skill set. So as I've been thinking about mm-hmm. what's next, I'm like, well, who's starting something that I can join on? <laughs> Where can I jump? Um, and, and that opportunity has not presented itself. Um, the one thing that I have been talking about, and this again is a little bit of a teamwork thing and it's very small and Meg, I'm like you said, I hesitate to say this because this is the final episode of what if this never happens and it's a disaster, but my daughters have been begging me honestly for a while now to start an account on TikTok is their medium, but I was like, it's a real sort of a thing. Yes. I mean, I have a TikTok account that I post nothing on. I just use it, you know, but <laughs> yeah, um, they were like, we want you, they love the f- bedtime stories. And I have all these kids books. I love kids books, like read aloud kids books, you know, like the old yeah. like preschool. Um, and so they're like, right. we just want you to start one where you read stories to us. Everybody needs stories. College students are sitting alone in their room at oh. night and they need a bedtime story. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying. <laughs> But I was like, okay. So good. So I said at the end of the other day, I was like, if you guys will run it, like I, I'm going to need someone. I don't want to edit it. And like, I don't want to deal with the comments. You know what I mean? Like if you'll run it, I'll do it. And they were like, oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So that's kind of our goal. And I think it'll be fun to do um, to my oldest daughter, Natalie, who's now 22. She just graduated from college too with like a video degree and just kind of looking to freelance and like, where should she go? So I was like, this is just a fun project that might be something fun to do. Um, I don't have a handle yet because we haven't, you know, talked about it, but it's that idea. This, this is the smallest of small things where I'm like, we could try it. If it doesn't work, if you guys don't want to do it anymore, that's fine. Like it was... It's, I can, I can see the need for it. Like in the sense of like so many, the people that I'm drawn to on social media, on TikTok in particular, are people that are around my age who are speaking words of love and hope to the kids who are mostly there. And I'm like, I could do that. Like I could do that through this. Mm -hmm. Like if you never had somebody who read bedtime stories to you or you miss it or that person's gone and you just need like a little bit of comfort, like come sit next to me and we'll Mm -hmm. read a bedtime story. Um, but it's, it's also like, 
It's yeah, it's <laughs> right. I'm like, I've got to just cry just at the thought. Yes. So we're going to try that. Um, and I feel like if nothing else, kind of like what Rebecca said, it's like a bridge maybe while I process and you think yes. and you look at the universe and you say, what's next? Like I have, I have this thing, this skill set or this desire, and I don't really know where to connect it next. Um, so this is just like a little stepping stone that I think will be kind of a fun idea. It's so self-aware of you to realize you don't want to start a thing or be completely in charge of a thing as an entrepreneur, but but really want to be a part of something. I feel like there's not enough about that mindset. Like, you know, if you are on YouTube or any any social media platform where there's like so much information about how to start a thing, how to make yeah. your first 10K, how to get your mm-hmm. first you know, thousand followers. Like there's all these how to starts and and build things and whatever. And there's not much out there about how important it is to have contributors or collaborators, team members, like how important that is. And so I really love that you said that actually, and just sort of putting it out there to see what opportunity comes next for you, but also just like giving that a space as a type of person, (laughs) like as a type of creative. I mean, because you are, you're a creative professional, And I think we think that creative professionals are also have to be like business people. They either have to be business people or hobbyists and there's nothing in between when there is the team members and, you know, contributors and producers and things like that. There, there is an in-between. I just don't feel like that's spoken of much. So I just, I love that you Mm, shared that. It's really good. And now the world awaits the next answer. (laughs) (laughs) because Meg, I think we all want to know what is next for you after having such a successful run of this show and in Mm -hmm. your personal life and growing your family and the trajectory that you spoke of earlier that, you know, so much has changed for you in your life and in your world, in your spirit, in your taste, you know what we've seen, we've seen it all. And, Well, I guess maybe we could assume that you might build in some rest as you Mm -hmm. bring this to a close, but in a sort of bigger picture way, maybe what do you feel like is next for you? Yeah, Um, a couple of things. I won't be putting my microphone completely away anytime soon. My husband and I, for a couple of years now since the pandemic, have a weekly show called Awesome Today that comes out on Mondays. It is complete chit chat. There's no, it's a Seinfeld episode in terms of like, what's the bigger meaning here? There isn't any. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people have been asking, when we told the superstars that we were closing Sword of Awesome, so many texts and messages came in like, but what about Awesome Today? So. Uh, Kyle's always like, I do this for you to support you. But then when I'm like, and so we could go ahead and, you know, close awesome today. And he's like, well, uh, wait, (laughs) like maybe we should keep awesome today going. Just like, (laughs) just throw that out there. So that will still be going. I also do really love being on microphone and I've learned so much about being about the art of being on microphone and using your voice as an instrument, Lauren. I know that's something you talk about a lot. I think that's been a really big revelation for both of us, and maybe for all four of us. And so I took a course in doing voiceover work. So I might do that. I feel like I'm a, I'm having a true ENFP moment in the sense that I'm like, there are so many possibilities out there. I have 
definitely put in time grieving and freaking out about the change and other people in my life freaking out about the change and, and all of this with closing the show. So I I feel like I've been through that. And now I'm on the other side of it to where I'm like, there's so many things I could do. There's so many things I could do. What if I went back to teaching? What if I edited young adult literature? Like there's just like so many possibilities. I have no idea. I, I say the voiceover stuff. I think I might do that next in terms of just like practically speaking for work. But who knows, maybe in six months, I'll be like, wow, that was the dumbest idea I ever had. That's way harder than I thought it was going to be. But even projecting further into the future, this feels very vulnerable and risky to me to say, because this feels genuinely impossible. And I don't know what it would be. I don't know how this would take shape. But I keep coming back to this hospitality thing, which I mentioned in that book, which was my awesome of the week. When I was a junior in high school, I wanted to go to school for hotel and restaurant management. Like I had this vision of having a restaurant that was <clears throat> just like a what we now would call like a third place. Um, that was like a place you come and eat, but it's also very cozy and you just feel very warm and welcome. Like in my 16 year old mind, I was like, that's what I want to do. Now life took me a very different path, but I've been thinking about that so much. And I've also, I feel like a lot of threads are in that this, the, the loss of the third place for a lot of people where we used to have home and work and then like your, your third thing, which was church or your bowling league, or, you know, just like your thing that was like your place that you went to, to be yourself outside of your obligations. And we don't really have that. That's been disappearing so slowly. And it's really, I feel like we're at a point in time and, and especially in our culture where people are really feeling that loss post pandemic things that had been established third places have either changed so radically that maybe we've walked away or maybe they're just gone, like physically gone. And so I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about community and everything that I have learned through the years about community. And I feel like there's something there. And I do have this strangely, even though I am in, you know, Enneagram nine, we're not really known for being quick starters of things, but I do kind of have this entrepreneurial thing to the point where like AJ and I were driving around the other day and I was like, what if we opened a boba shop? Like truly, I feel like there's just so many things that could coalesce as a, an intersection of these things that I am into that energize me, that make me feel excited. So I don't know what that's going to look like, but I do know that's sort of like if you just put a big umbrella out that said hospitality slash community I would be like, yes, I think I fit under there next, even though I don't know what that would look like at all. That all makes a lot of sense to me, mm -hmm. actually. I mean, one of the things that we have talked about for years as you were really leading the like hangout group community so well is we've talked about like what it would look like if you did some sort of in-person. Yeah loving on yeah. people. And, you know, it's just, yeah. it's really hard to envision what that is if that was like retreats or meetups or whatever. I don't know. We've, we've talked about a million different things. So for me, seeing you in a space that's not once a year, but that's maybe an ongoing thing. So like you said, in a, in a restaurant, in a hotel, in a, in a place where people are already naturally gathering, and then you can just sort of harness and shape that energy. I can yeah. see that for you. This is something you have been so good at. And so that doesn't 
you know, surprise me or, you know, not that you need any kind of affirmation or confirmation from us, but that feels like, again, something that's part of your skill set that is unique. Um, and so I love hearing you dreaming about some of those Thank possibilities. You. I can see all of it. I can also see you doing voiceover work or like, listen, could you read audiobooks to me? Because that <laughs> would be the best way to hear your voice like 10 hours at a time, basically. <laughs> People would pay big bucks for that, Meg. So um, I love that you're sharing some of those dreams with us. I am 1,000% open for hire for reading audiobooks. So if you've got a project, hit me up. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. Thank you for letting us share our our dreams for the future, our questions about the future with you. Um, we do still have a few closing thoughts that we want to get to for you awesomes before we um, wrap up for the last time. And we're going to get to that when we come right back. Okay, friends, I have a message just for the grown-up awesomes who are listening. It's the end of the year. It's time to treat yourself and plan for all of your treats in the year ahead. And that means it's a great time to make plans for yourself now with Foria. Foria is using all natural plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. And you know, we've talked about it for such a long time and it remains true. Foria has a serious cult following with tens of thousands of people who have had their sex lives transformed through using Foria products. And as I've told you, those of us in the awesome community love the Awaken arousal oil. Awaken uses CBD and warming, sensation-inducing organic botanicals that enhance arousal, sensitivity, pleasure, access to orgasm, and help with any discomfort. And best of all, you can use it together with the sex oil. It's the perfect combo for peak pleasure. So yes, you have my permission to try this. I fully endorse you to go ahead and treat yourself to more, deeper, fuller pleasure wherever you can find it and as often as possible. And you can start with a bottle of Foria. Foria is offering a special deal just for you awesomes. Get 20% off of your first order by visiting foriawellness.com slash awesome or use code awesome at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash awesome for 20% off of your first order. I recommend trying the Awaken Arousal Oil and the Sex Oil. You're going to thank me later. Okay, we are back. And again, we are celebrating the end of Sword of Awesome together with this conversation today. Laura, thank you again so much for taking the time to come over and join us for this. This has been so fun as per usual to have you sitting here. And it's been so awesome, truly, for the past few years since you did leave Sword of Awesome to watch this unfolding in your work of you finding your groove and your voice and your mission um, so thank you again for for taking the time to come and sit with us today. It has been an honor to be a part of this final episode because this experience of being on Sorta Awesome, it, it's like back to my roots. It's really been such an important part of my life and my journey. And so I just, I feel so welcomed in this little reunion today. And so thank you for letting me be here and chat with y'all. I will be on microphone with any one of y'all any day. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you for that. We love you so much. Um, Kelly and Rebecca and I do have just some closing thoughts. Um, eight years of work of being with you truly in community. Um, I, I mentioned this recently, this very 
real realization of how much our voices have been in your ears, in your headphones, in your earbuds, in your cars, on your Alexa. It's a it's no small thing to trust someone that much to have their voices coming into your life in that way. And I know all three of us are feeling the true honor of that. And I think all of us, as sort of awesome, the podcast comes to an end, you know, we kind of naturally have some some last things we want to share with you. Rebecca, since I'm going to need to get some Kleenex anyway, why don't you go ahead and start us with your closing thoughts? Does that does that give me the freedom to cry again? <laughs> you have if all you want freedom to. and all permission if to cry I if want you want to. <laughs> okay. Well, I I suspect that the three of us probably have similar messages that we want to pass on, um, but I will delight in being able to go first. So I would say to the awesomes, you are worthy. You are worthy of therapy, of true self-care, of making doctor's appointments. You are worthy of finding moments of joy in your day and embracing the things that light you up inside. Your love, respect, kindness, and internet friendship has changed the way that I see myself, and I hope that Sword of Awesome has changed how you see yourself too. We are all different in so many ways. We all have our own struggles, but we also are beautiful, strong, capable, resilient, talented, and worthy of so much love. Love from those around us, but even more importantly, worthy of love from ourselves. So to Meg, the entire Sword Awesome team, and to each and every listener from the bottom of my heart, thank you. You've changed my life. Oh, thank you. That's so good. That's so good. Thank you, Rebecca. That's beautiful. Love it. And truly, I resonate with every every single word of that. Kelly, how about you? I'm just what she said. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> That's not fair. Kelly just said ditto. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Moving on. Um, I mean, truly, <laughs> it is what Rebecca said in the sense that she took the time, um, because as she mentioned earlier, we have talked about this, um, to even write something out, partly because, Rebecca, you were like, I don't know if I'll be able to get through it. You know, like, I want to say the thing that I want to say. Um, so I do agree with everything she said. I, I think that the thing that I would bring as a benediction, if you will, to the awesomes is how much this, even though it's an internet relationship, how much this relationship between us has mattered to me and has been the most enriching part of doing this podcast, which is kind of funny because usually, you know, when you do a podcast, you, when I do my weekly shows at NPR or more than once weekly, I throw it out there. I don't hear back from people, (laughs) you know, every once in a while, someone will send an email and be like, Oh, I really liked this show. This really mattered to me. But I mean, tens of thousands of people listen and, you just move on to the next thing. And um, so the relationship, this conversation that we have had, which we've alluded, it wasn't necessarily the thing that we thought was going to be distinctive about Sorta Awesome when we started the show, when Meg started the show, 
has meant so much to me and has brought me so much joy. The only reason I'm still on Facebook is to be in the sort of awesome groups, the spinoff groups. It is the only thing I do on Facebook, yes. um, mm-hmm. which I will say again, just because this is the last episode, that is the only place you'll find me. So I know more and more people have been trying to friend me on Facebook because I think that they're like, well, this is a good way to keep in contact with Kelly. This isn't because I don't do anything on Facebook outside of the group. So I don't, I don't accept friend requests because I have unfollowed mm-hmm. everybody who was my friend. Like I only want to see sort of awesome in my feed. And then of course, Mark Zuckerberg is still giving me suggested posts and all those things too. But that's what I do. That's where you can find me. Or, you know, like the other thing is on Instagram, while I've been very bad about posting there the last few months, because I think there's just been a lot of internal processing, which is how sort of social media goes sometimes. That is a place where I also feel like I'm able, a better place to share myself outside of the sort of awesome groups, which are private-ish. Um, just to say like, this is what's going on in my life. And I would continue hopefully to have a relationship with people there. That's what I like, but people, you know, they DM back, they give messages. You can say, here's what I've been thinking about. Here's some silly little thing that will probably pick up in 2024 because I'm not going to have sort of awesome as an outlet. And I want to maintain these relationships (laughs) with people. I don't, I mean, I know that they're internet friends, but still like it's been so rewarding to have the awesome community that's probably the thing that I'm going to miss the most um, as we move forward. So in, in the sense that I would co-sign everything Rebecca said, my addition would just be, I want to thank the awesomes for being awesome um, for, you know, showing us this community for, for being our friends. You know, we've often referred back to the old meme picture of somebody saying, this is what it feels yes. like when I'm listening to a podcast and, there's like the yes. people sitting and an ad eating ice cream and you're sitting next to the ad eating your ice cream. Like, here I am with you. It's never felt that fake to us. It's always felt real. And so that's uh, the thing that I think is hard. But of course, it's not just those relationships. It's also the relationships between the three of us. And I will miss that as well. You know, I didn't know Rebecca before the podcast. I knew yeah. Laura. I knew Meg. I, I it didn't work with you though, Meg, you know, like there's been so much of a development of relationships and it's hard to think about the podcast leaving because I don't want the relationships to end, but we all know yeah. like things change, you know, it doesn't mean that they yeah. end, but they just change. Um, so it has been such a gift to work with you, to laugh with you, to learn from you um, and just to become a more, hopefully a better version of myself as I've watched you each become, you know, better, more complete, full versions of you. So it's been, it's been such, such a ride. And like Rebecca said, it's one I'll treasure for the rest of my life. And it will always be one of the highlights. So good. Thank you for that, Kelly. As I thought about how to close our final moments on this show, I decided I want to do, before I kind of get into more of a benediction message, I want to give some acknowledgments. I'm one of those nerdy readers who reads all the way through acknowledgments of every book. I just am always so fascinated by like, I don't know any of these people. I don't know your agent or your editor, but I'm so interested in who helped you write this book. I love acknowledgments. So I, if you will bear with me, I have some acknowledgments that I would like to, of people I'd like to thank and some closing thoughts for you all, um, for you awesome. So truly, as I sat down to write this, there's an inexhaustible list of people 
who I do want to thank for their contributions to both the creation and the sustaining <laughs> momentum of Sort of Awesome. All of the ad networks who took a chance on us and supported us through the years, um, including and especially Cloud10, our current network, especially Saiba Krieger, who is an angel and a rock star, and I suspect she's actually superhuman. Um, to the readers of Sort of Crunchy, who years ago taught me in a very real way the value of online community and gave me the courage to start Sort of Awesome and served as a launching point, a first audience to speak to. Of course, I want to thank the Sort of Awesome superstars. We launched our Patreon in 2016 at a time when we were kind of thinking like, how sustainable is this work going forward? What would this look like going forward? The superstars came in and stepped in with financial support and just that sort of emotional support of being the heartbeat of our community. And I'm so deeply thankful for every single superstar, those who've been there from the beginning and those those who have just jumped on board. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. To the leaders of our sort of awesome hangout, I could not possibly name every single one of you. I would leave somebody out and I would feel terrible the rest of my day. So just know that I know who you are. Your voices are all so valuable, and I so admire your dedication to our online home, and I'm so grateful for you. Um, to my podcasting peers, who are many, and I'm so thankful for them, but especially Meredith and Katie at Currently Reading Podcast, and the whole team at the podcast, especially Knox and Jamie and Aaron, and I still think about our breakfast after the live show in Dallas in 2017. That conversation lives rent-free in my head. I, I, That was so valuable and so fun. And I'm so thankful for all of the peers in this wild industry that we've had so many conversations behind the scenes that have been so helpful along the way. Speaking of Tish Oxenrider, who gave me my very first microphone and my very first shot at being on microphone, I still have it. It's this microphone I'm recording with today. Um, I've said it a million times that if it weren't for Tish, there would very likely have never been a sort of awesome. So thank you, Tish. Thank you to our producer, Sarah Robertson, for reaching out via email years and years ago to see if there was any way that she could help. I am so grateful for all of the tasks, Sarah, that you've taken off my to-do list through the years and that you have handled with excellence. I'm thankful to our editing team at Bear Beat Productions. If you guys do think, you know what, I think I am going to start a podcast, I would send you directly to Bear Beat. They have been wonderful supports for us through the years. Thank you to my sister, Emily, for being brave enough to get on microphone with me and inspire the idea of having regulars come to Sorta Awesome. And so having said that, Mindy Browse, Katie Proctor, and Julie Tupperman, thank you for bringing your very specialized flavor of awesome to the show. Your voice and your recommendations and your conversations have meant so much to me and I know to our awesome community as well. My very dear friends, Laura, Rebecca, and Kelly. Okay, this is where I'm going to be like, can I get it through without crying? Thank you for saying yes to a very big question that I presented entirely too casually <laughs> at the end of 2014 and on into 2015. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for putting up with my excessive flakiness, something about myself that I fear will probably never change, and for picking up the slack over and over and over again behind the scenes. Thank you for being the production team 
um, especially in those earliest weeks and months when we were talking constantly, mostly off microphone, about what we were creating and how we could make it better. Anything that is good and lasting about Sorta Awesome is because of you three. You have not only been my co-conspirators in Awesome, but also my inspiration to keep going as long as we have. Thank you to Catherine, my dear best friend, who has seen me through every single awkward stage of my life starting in seventh grade. And that's a lot, you guys. There's a lot of awkward. (laughs) Thank you, Catherine, for being the first avatar, uh, the first person I thought I might like to create a show for. You were there when this whole idea of doing a podcast was just a daydream for me. Thank you for bringing all of your expertise to our social media. But more than anything, thank you for cheering me on every episode all along the way. To my children who have grown up with this podcast and community, thank you for always knowing that Thursday night is mommy's work night and for also not being too, too embarrassed when people ask what your mom does for work. Thank you for all the times that you have stopped yourself from barging in on recordings. Um, I hope that someday that you'll be able to look at the work that we created here and, and see a little bit of what was going on all those times that mom was on microphone. Finally, to my husband, Kyle, who has been the most stable, concrete source of support from day one. Kyle, you have never questioned that I could do this. You never questioned that I could keep it going for as long as I have. And you have been kind enough to say I really should still be on microphone somehow, some way. Thank you for reminding me over and over that lives are not changed through perfect editing as much as I have tried. (laughs) That lives are changed when our words and our voices assure the listener on the other side that they are not, in fact, alone. And finally, by way of benediction to every single awesome who is listening, I am so very grateful for you. We all have an overwhelming world of ways that we can spend our time. Thank you for letting us keep you company for a few hours along the way. May you go forth from your time spent with us, knowing a little more about giving and receiving grace with others, and especially, especially giving grace to yourself. May you know that there is more than enough love and compassion to go around. May your eyes always be open and your ears always be listening for the next new thing. May you always love what you love. And may you celebrate that flame of joy in others. And most of all, may you always know that you have all the awesome that you could ever possibly need. It's all right there, right within yourself. It's been you. You are the awesome. It's been you all along. From the team at Sorta Awesome, I'm signing off. I'm Meg Teets, and this has been Sorta Awesome. Is the beat of my heart. Oh, 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 my heart. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. 
Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.